Hunt line takes. Line Takes Podcast. You know, I read a list of the top five uh, most respecting human rights countries in the world. Number yeah. one was Qatar. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Definitely wasn't they the love US. to respect human rights. They, they, they love human rights. And like now mm. that they have the World Cup, I think they're going to respect them even more because the world's yeah. watching. I mean, what's a better way to respect human rights than not serve alcohol? <laughs> yeah, make everyone be sober. Make everyone be sober. They're going to force you to watch those human rights being respected. Yeah. And you're going to remember it and you're going to feel good doing it. But yeah, Maybe. like two months ago, three months ago, um, I can't even remember when it was. What about two uh, months ago? Yeah, I was, I was, I was walking home, and the spaceship came down, <sighs> abducted me. I was gone, out of pocket until now. Um, That's crazy. I they probed me. These aliens, they did tests on me. They told mm. me I, we were looking. For the most prolific, the most dominant human species we could find. And they chose me. They said you were the alpha? I was the alpha of the human human race. Interesting. So they, they didn't take, uh, who's that guy? Andrew Ron Tate. James. They, didn't, they didn't take Andrew Tate. So he is not uh, the top G, like he says it, he is. It's actually mm-hmm. Carl Capon. No, it, it was me. They said it mm. like when they're sticking that probe, you know, in places that I shouldn't talk mm. about because mm-hmm. this is a PG-13 podcast. Mm. They were saying this to me. They're whispering sweet nothings into my ear as they did it. Kind of felt good. Well, OK, so we're going to Carl seems to really be enjoying his abduction experience. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get us into the meme potatoes here. Uh, we've been gone for three months, whatever. We're back. We're going <laughs> to. We're going to chit chat. We're going to talk about uh, all the goings on in the soccer world right now. There's goings not, on. Not much, not much going on, really. No, actually. no. What month are we? And it can't be uh, World Cup. We're in, we're in November. Can't be World no, Cup. No, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're just going to chat. We, uh, so I'm actually in the process of moving. Um, I'll be moving down to Tampa. So I hope to see more Rowdy's games. Um, there's a new NISA uh, team that maybe I'll make my way over to in Orlando. <laughs> So we'll see how that's going. See some Nisa uh, ball. If the, if the league's still intact, but if the league's still in going, you know, we'll see which wins actually. Twitter or Nisa. Um, but yeah, so I'm, you know, we've we've been finding a little hard to record. Carl right. actually recently switched schedules, so that's been difficult. Yeah. Um, and when he's not when he's working, he works like uh, you know, until midnight schedule. Midnight. So yeah, I work the you know, graveyard, baby. The, the news is, is does not happen without Carl Capen working until twelve at night. So no, no. And that also pro- makes it difficult to record a podcast. <laughs> it makes it really difficult. And then on the weekends when I'm not some you know local baracho, mm-hmm. um, out on the town enjoying the nightlife, enjoying all Cleveland has to offer, um, we find time. But unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm out there. 
I'm dodging people. I'm mingling. I'm within the crowds. I'm within, you know, the sweat, the blood, he's just, the he's tears. He's just out there living, living the life of the the American soccer fan. He's he's actually right. at five amateur games a week. Oh my um, goodness! He has started seventeen ultra groups um, yep. in, his, in his local area. He's yep. the the sole fan and ultra of these teams, but he started yep. them. I'm I'm gonna be the number one and first fan of the MLS Next Pro team that's coming to Cleveland. Are you supposed to say that? I, <laughs> Wait, are you allowed to say that? <laughs> I don't, I actually, actually, I just broke an embargo. We, we might have to cut that. <laughs> I might have to cut that part out, or I'll just, just post you know, this on you Monday. Should, you should, I should just. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or you could cut it, and it would be really funny if we just said, just talked about cutting it after you say it. So people are like, "Wait, what? What, what is he talking happened? about? What just happened?" Yeah. Then I'm gonna have to cut this part too because this is us talking about cutting yeah, it. And they can't. All right. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll start I mean, somewhere like here. Here. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Yeah. Thanks of for Touch coming back after takes. that ad break. Yes. Yeah. Um. Th- this podcast is brought to you by uh Viagra. Mm, yep. And the generic <laughs> versions that you can get on those sketchy websites that are advertised yep. to you. Yep. Um. Okay. So, Carl. Uh. Mm. What, what do you want? What do you want to talk about first? Let's say what we're spinning we the roulette thing, you know, and we want to. Hopefully, it's a Russian roulette at this point. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to talk about? First? Being in Tottenham fans a little difficult these times. We got we got the wrap up of the USL season. We got the wrap up of the USL championship. We're halfway all of through. The USL. Well, not halfway through Premier League, but I mean, we're the like last thing. Did we ever talk about the US Open Cup final that you went to? No, I don't think so. We never talked about that. That camera literally went So that's another good reason for why we haven't podcasted for a while. Because I was gone for like three weekends for various things, for like a wedding and a whole bunch. I don't even remember why I was gone. You just have to be popular. Why can't you be like me and have no friends? Huh? Mm -hmm. Like he's, you you have all the fun while I'm stuck here, you know, trying to do all this stuff. And I'm I'm holding up this podcast on my own. Yeah. Okay. Carl Carl is in the server room, just like moving all the wires around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, X equals W times 1250. Yep. Um, He's actually stopped paying for uh, heating because the the server room is so large from all of the work he's doing. Actually, that's funny because I, I, I don't turn my heat on since this is a whole different story but we got kind of bent over by our building when it oh, comes really? to electric yeah i never told you this i don't know no, how i to think you i think sure. you did i think you did yeah I don't know, but um, for everyone on here we'll we'll get to the soccer but first yeah. let's discuss uh electric bills so, <laughs> which are crazy right now they're crazy yeah, they're, they're yeah. increasing it's it's colder because of uh global cooling um and Mm -hmm. then you know the arctic is reverse melting okay um so let's talk about your building the bill in your building (laughs) let's let's get to that i think i think a lot of people know the precursor to being expensive we need this specific story so for the first year we were living here um we never received electric bill we thought it was just prorated into our rent um because i had called to set up the electric in our name and we were told that the building had to call to get it set up, which was weird. Mm. But I told the building they had to call. Never heard anything about it. Never received a notice. This past April, we get a little notice of disconnect in our in our really? door for a bill of $3,800. And we're like, what the fuck? And 
the bill, like the the account wasn't in our name. And I was like, again, oh. what the hell? But it was our apartment number. So apparently what happened is the person who previously was renting out this apartment didn't call to cancel their account. And so when <laughs> oh. I tried when I tried to call to set up my account when we're moving here at the end of February of 2021, mm-hmm. they couldn't put our name on this unit because it said somebody was living here. So they needed the building to call to confirm <laughs> we were moving here, which the building never did. So we never received a notice or anything. So I had to call the the electric company. And what they did mm-hmm. is from March of 2021 until April of 2021 or 2022, um, they just took whatever we owed over that span, whatever our bill was, and prorated like for us to pay it off over like a 10-month period. So basically, our bills are like $300 more expensive a month or $200 more expensive a month because we're paying off basically a year's worth of electric every single payment. So yeah, that's why I don't that's why I don't use heat. Because Mm. I'm still paying off previous heat and air condition that was used. So basically, I sleep what I do is I recently killed a, uh, a polar bear. Okay. And I sleep inside the polar bear. Uh, it's like that movie. What movie is? Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Oh, um, um, yeah. Tenet. Yeah, that one. Where he time time jumps in a polar bear. The polar bear actually brings him to another dimension. It's it's actually the the, the, the movie, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. more like the Chronicles of the, that one the, that Leonardo DiCaprio was. It, it, totally exactly, in. he he was totally right. in that. It's soccer time. Let's talk. You know what? I'm I'm deciding the first topic. <laughs> All right, we're okay. we're talking World Cup, Carl. World what Cup. what are, what are your thoughts? We've talked a lot about it on this podcast about how we're. <sighs> Very unsure about it. How we you know, we're kind of always criticizing the human rights and corruption side of it, but right. it's kind of crazy, in my opinion, to see that um, most of our thoughts about how this was going to go have already started coming true. I mean, I I even think some of my thoughts about how it was going to go like don't even touch the surface. About yeah, it's gone. It's been worse. It's, it's been, been worse, worse than probably how is, we thought, which is crazy to think. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean. I would like to think, like, this is the tipping point where we're like, holy, like, shit, like, we shouldn't be doing, like, we need to do something about this corruption because there's no way, you know, places, places like this is actually, like, using, um, you know, or allowing um, these sort of things to happen and, like, how we're allowing them to host these major events like this. Yeah. Um, And so... But I doubt it. I mean, the U.S. If you notice and- the higher fidelity of this podcast right now, it's because we decided to upgrade to HD audio halfway through the, uh, <laughs> my, my, the podcast. My original sound wasn't on. I, so this is the weird <laughs> thing. Or the, the side note, when you're using Zoom, for people who use Zoom, up at the top left, it says original sound colon off or on. Mm-hmm. And so when I click it, when it says off, it says on. So my thinking is that means it's on. But in reality, that means it's off. So it has to say original sound colon off, which means it's on. Does that make sense? I don't I don't think it does, but um like I'm gonna pretend like it does. I'm gonna I'm gonna send this podcast when I edit it with a screenshot that shows what I'm talking about. And maybe a picture of me shirtless. Yeah. (laughs) 
perspective. I'm sure some pe- somebody out there will like that. You know, I, I'm, I'm gonna get at least two views. All right, so picture. World Cup, World Cup, Carl. Yeah, it's been definitely going worse than we thought. They're um, not just selling to alcohol. Like, just to kind of run down a couple of things. Yeah, they they came back and said, no, we're not going to sell alcohol in the stadiums. However, if you are uh, the recipient of a $17,000 corporate hospitality ticket, you will be able to get beer and whatever else you want, most likely. Um, so that's one thing that's happened. I mean, it was alcohol was always going to be a, um, divisive topic with that world cup, this world cup. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we thought at least in stadiums, you know, maybe people will be able to have a beer beer because that's a lot of the revenue too. Right. Right. Budweiser is their biggest sponsor. I'm pretty sure. Well, one of them at least. And Um, like, I mean, anytime you go to any sporting event, not all be at the world cup, like, you're going yeah. and you're grabbing a beer, you're grabbing some popcorn, maybe a hot dog. Like, that's what you do. That's part of the experience of going to sporting events, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and that's just that's just the start of, like, this whole situation because on top of that, um, you know, maybe you can run down some of the stuff because I think you were talking about this a lot earlier today, the, the Infantino bit oh, that he God. did today. FIFA chief Infantino um, just basically going on one of the world's weirdest rants and also like everything but confirming that he definitely received some bribes for this World Cup. And I mean, he, he's talking about like th- this is this is one of his quotes. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Today, which is November 19th, mm-hmm. 2022. So, so we're on the record with this. <clears throat> Today, I feel Qatari. Today, I feel Arab. Today, I feel African. Today, I feel gay. Today, I feel disabled. Today, I feel like a migrant worker. That's part of, I don't know the context of where this came up. And another part of this whole press conference, he says, there are 1 billion disabled people in the world and nobody cares. That's what he said. Yeah, (laughs) like, um, I think you might be projecting a little bit there, buddy, because a lot of people do care. This is, um, this is this is my favorite one. So we all picture Infantino. He's bald, right? right Poor guy. Right. He's bald. It gets worse. You ready? Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to be discriminated. I was <laughs> bullied because I had red hair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... He's a fucking fire crotch. And he's saying that he was, he was fucking bullied. That he lived a tough life. This man lived a tough life because he had red hair. Yeah, I, I, you know, you and I think I, I think he's also, you know, this is all in light of the pro, the criticism that Qatar has received. So I think Infantino is trying to kind of deflect it and say, well, there's other criticisms out there that should be, you know, label on the world. I think he said, you know, Europe needs to stop criticizing uh, Qatar and they should actually be apologizing for 3000 years for all the human rights violations that occurred there in previous centuries. And it's like, uh, what? Like, I don't understand how that has anything to do with Qatar's current state of affairs. How does it make it right? Like, England and all these European countries, as many issues as they've had in the past, as many issues as they still might have when it comes to immigration. I mean, you just can look as far as Italy. We won't get into this sort of, like, topics. But, like, it doesn't make what Qatar is doing right now right. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any of this right. 
Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, and also the European countries weren't hosting World Cups back there, and given basically like millions and billions of dollars in right. revenue to host these sort of events and be on the world stage, like. Yeah, and that's, I mean, a bit of the point of the World Cup as well is to show that you are, you know, open to to the world. You are connecting with, you know, a lot of the values that are shared in the footballing community. And that's not really being shown to be true at all. And, you know, they don't want to take any criticism for all the migrant labor that was used and also killed in the process of this whole development. So it's a tough, I I, I guess I would, you know, summarize that up with saying, I am not going to buy any World Cup jerseys that are, you know, used this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to – obviously, I'm not going there. I'm, that's <laughs> That that's was not – to be fair, that was never really an option um, and not an option I would do anyways. And, I, you know, I'm going to try to be as critical of this World Cup throughout it as, as possible. It, 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 I, I unfortunately feel like I will watch. Yeah. But I'm going to probably keep that sparse as possible. It's um, so it's difficult tough. to get excited about this World Cup. It really yeah. is. Not only because of, you know, on the surface, the whole fact it's in the winter months. Right, that's another good point to of, mention. For, for part of the world. Um, I mean, specifically our part of the world. Um, but also just because all that's kind of overshadowing it and covering it. Like, it, it, it makes it so hard to, like, kind of, look at the positives and be excited about it and you know it's i i i guess it comes down to like just years of corruption from fifa that were at this point and that's why sort of you know to preface you know what i started this all with like maybe this is a tipping point i doubt i am totally like i am not optimistic at all that this is a tipping point when we're looking towards the future when it comes to who we award world cups to and who gets to host world cups. But I think that, you know, to, to your point there, um, there's a new show on Netflix out right now um, about FIFA. Right. Trying to remember the actual name of it. Um, But I mean, if you're, I think if you're really following soccer and you've been, you know, following international soccer as well, you're you're probably pretty aware of a lot of this stuff if you've read any of the articles about FIFA corruption. But if you're yeah. not as in tune, um, I I think it's a really good show. To it's called FIFA Uncovered. It's on Netflix. It's a it's a series. It's a limited series, but um, it goes into kind of some of the origins of how money started to get into FIFA. How this kind of world of 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 advertising became so ingrained in in just the World Cup and how international soccer operates as a whole. And then kind of, it, it then moves on to tell you more about the, the characters who right. um, really mm-hmm. saw this corruption taken to a new level. Um, and then obviously it does talk a little bit about the, the world cup in Qatar. So great series. If you want more of this summed up, um, I think it's hard to get into the full extent of the corruption and what's kind of wrong with FIFA at this point, um, right. as well as the, the cash involved. So, but uh, so yeah, I think in terms of the actual play, um, you know, I'm interested to see the the United States England game. Uh, I'll probably mostly watch just the United States games and you know yeah. try to keep it at that. There have been some insane brackets that have been put out recently. Uh, uh, Landon Donovan and uh, Samuel Eto'o 
specifically I'm thinking about, but uh, it's it's gonna be a you know a lot of injuries too because it just came I mean in already right in the middle of the season yeah already, like today um, France just said that Kareem Benzema the Ballon d'Or winner mm. isn't gonna be playing yeah and that's after they've already lost uh, Sadio um, Mane's out. Mane's out. Yeah. Um, I mean, Human Song is lucky to be playing for South Korea. Like, mm. he, he, like a, two and a half weeks ago, their Tottenham's group stage game, last game against Marseille, yeah. he fractured his, like, eye socket or something like that. Like, something crazy mm-hmm. like that. Like, he got elbowed in the face going out for a jump ball. And it's like, I mean, it, it's basically towards the last two or three weeks of the season, club season, you're begging the the club teams to put these players in bubble wrap because it's I, yeah and it's for just, some some players that was not really much of an option mm-hmm. because of you know where their team was and what kind of effort was required of them at the time but exactly yeah exactly so. it's uh it's so it's, it's gonna be i think you know well i'm not i am gonna say it's probably gonna not be that surprising of a world cup i think you know when you have teams like france who have just such good squads at this point i would go ahead and you know say france brazil have the Mm -hmm. best chances of winning and you know the reason why i'm saying that's not much of a surprise is because hasn't been a surprise for a while and actually brazil probably had their lull i would say the past two world cups they have not been top tier as as they as they used to be they were yeah. but they weren't if for brazil yeah. standards i would yeah, say and now it's like brazil's scary again like very scary again they're they're young talent i mean they're a little weak at the fullbacks i mean when you're bringing up 38 year old danny alves um yeah. onto a squad which he has tons of experience he's still a decent player um but mm-hmm. it shows you you're a little thin maybe at that position but at the same time they're attacking i mean you could beat a team four to three and it's not going to matter because when you have Vinicius, Rodrigo, Neymar, Gabriel Jesus, uh, Martinelli, like when you have all these guys, Anthony, like when you have all these guys playing up front, like doesn't matter. Or when if you have either Allison or Ederson in goal, like, yeah, you, you know, have both. You have, first of all, you have them. Like right. that's insane to begin two with. Of the, two of the top goalkeepers in the world you have. Yeah. One, two. And then the third best, your third string goalkeeper is Waverton, mm-hmm. who plays for Palmeiras. And he's won, you know, they just won the Brasileiro this year. And he's been like a staple for Palmeiras. So, like, even yeah. if your top two goalkeepers go down, you still have a third keeper who is more than know, capable, we'll more say. More than capable. Um, and then on France's side, I feel like France is like what germany was probably with like the 2018 world cup where it was like people were talking about the fact that germany's b team could beat most other countries a teams and i feel like that's that's the level of depth getting to the level of depth that uh france has right now yeah i mean they're not gonna have benzema they're not gonna have pogba they're not gonna have conte um and you're still you're still scared deep you're yeah. so so deep, which is like insane to like have that sort of depth to your squad. I mean, I wish the U.S. had that because I'm a little skeptical of even making it out of the group stage. Well, that's the thing. Point. It still feels like the United States, although there are some omissions that, you know, we won't. I, I guess we can go to that next. But I'll just say like there are some omissions, but like for the most part, Hey, we're kind of scraping squad. the barrel when it's like getting to a team that I really feel I like can do that much on the national stage 
the international right. stage. I mean, we struggle in CONCACAF. Let's not forget that. We, we can um, score goals. We yeah. can score goals. We finished, what, third? Did we finish second or third? One of the two. It was tight uh, with Mexico. I think third. I think third. And because then Canada won it. Um, if I remember correctly, qualifying. Mexico kind of held on towards the end. Uh, Crazy. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good players on France, uh, you know, especially like players who are kind of on the come up, like uh, Kamavinga and Tukameni, like Real Madrid uh, midfield right there. Yeah, it's uh, and you still got Adrian Rabiot in there as well, Guendouzi. I mean, it's it's, uh, and then I think particularly when you look at the attack, the attack is just insane. Antoine Griezmann, Oliver Giroud, who's like actually insane this year. Right, uh, Dembele, who is turning it on again. Uh, Mbappe, obviously. Benz- Benzema's out. Kingsley Coleman. Uh, Randall, Kolo, Muani, who I actually haven't seen that much out of. So I can't, I, you know, I should probably, I, I don't really know. Uh, and, and Marcus Thurman as well from Borussia Mönchengladbach, who I believe is having a decent season. Right. Could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a deep squad. Um, I don't know who, who do you have as a prediction for the. Let's just predict the final winner because I'm not gonna, I'm not no. gonna go into the the specifics. Final winner, um, man. I'm between two. I'm between two. I I, I say Brazil, mm-hmm. but I also think that Argentina has a really good shot. I think there's gonna be an element of, uh urgency from from Lionel Messi specifically and he's he's been having a good year at PSG um I think you know any of the doubters last year right. are having their opinions changed but for him on the national stage this is really going to uh, I mean he, this could be his last prime prime prime-ish world cup I mean for yeah. Messi a prime is really hard to say what um, his prime's going to be um and yeah. it's I mean I feel like for him I mean that Argentina squad they're old, but they're they're still talented. They 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 got yeah. a lot of talent on that team. But more importantly, I think for Messi, when it comes to like they Argentina won Copa America recently, right? So mm-hmm. he sort of got that I I want to say monkey of a international title like off his back. Yes. So I mean, as big as the World Cup is. Um, I, I want to say he doesn't feel as pressured for like, oh my God, this could be my last chance at an international title. Yeah. So he plays a little bit more free, a little bit more like we're used to seeing from Messi. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it comes down to either Brazil or Argentina. Um, I don't think a team from Europe wins it this year. I just mm-hmm. don't. I think a team from South America. I mean, if I could give you a top three, I'd say Brazil, Argentina, or Uruguay. Really, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, I think I'm going with France, and then, well, I'm just gonna give a three that I think could win if if that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, Brazil, France. Hmm. Third place is tough. I, I I actually genuinely think that uh Portugal have a decent squad this year. But uh, with the rift that's kind of appearing between yeah. them and, and Ronaldo. and Because yeah. I, I think Ronaldo definitely has, has, you know, for everything else that's going on with, with Ronaldo right now, I'll just talk about his play in general. Um, it's declining. 
I don't even think if we could take into account everything that's happened and he was consistently playing, I still don't think it would be nearly to the level of Ronaldo of old. However, I will say in a World Cup setting, they need a guy that can just be the right place, right time, make sure it gets the back of the net. That's what Ronaldo's doing for Portugal. And if they don't have that, that is maybe two goals that they miss out on. And I think in the World Cup, two goals is absolutely massive. You know, if that comes to you in in game two and it's just a I mean because a lot of world cups come down to just getting that one win in the group stage that really sets you up and there's you know unless we're talking brazil germany um the margins are usually not that big it's like you know one oh two one like so if they're missing out on him being the poacher he is that's gonna be tough they've got a lot of other talent but um yeah, it's gonna it's, be tough. It's gonna be I, tough. I, I, always, I think there could be a wild card though if, if everything yeah. comes together. I I I I like that as a wild card because it's like in twenty eighteen, did we expect uh Croatia to make it to the final? You know what I, I know. mean? Like it, yeah. it was kind of sort of out of the like out of nowhere random. Like Croatia obviously had a really good squad with Rakitic and Modric and mm-hmm. you know, they kinda all put it together. But nobody expected them to be there nobody expected them to you know beat england um and i think 2018 as well like belgium beating brazil like brazil had an awful game there's no way belgium should have beat brazil that game but it just didn't come together and i think that's the beauty of the world cup is like basically one loss you're out like even in the group stage you lose one game in the group stage like it is really hard to make up from that to finish second to make the knockout rounds um so it's a lot of sort of you know anything can happen in that one game like anything can happen i will say i will give if we're talking you know about anything could happen wild card i'm gonna give a wild card in the netherlands as well i think they have a a pretty good squad they've got i you know we talk about a lot of teams having star attackers but maybe not having the yeah we'll see if lvg can can get his swagger back this world cup that that'll actually be the whole story the that should be the re- renaming of the World Cup in general. Can LVG get his swagger back like a reality TV show? Um, but there's good there's good players from from front to back. So I'm you know I think there's a chance that if they can just connect, things will things will work. I mean, look at this. So just for example, in defense alone, you've got uh, Delay Blind, who's declined a little bit. While right. at Ajax, but has actually been pretty suitable for them. Uh, Stefan de Vrij, uh, Virgil van Dijk, Nathan Ake, and uh, De Ligt. I mean, oh, they've also got Frimpong as well, who and uh, Tyrell Malasia from uh, Manchester United. Manchester United so, yeah. um, just to round it out, Jurian Timber. But I mean, that's a that's a good defense alone, and we, you know, and up front up front they've got Luke De Jong, Memphis Depay. Uh, Bergwin, Gakpo, Noah Lang, Chavi Simons, like they're they're gonna be fine. And then we all know in their midfield they have uh, Frankie De Jong, who will probably be the uh, the guy that'll be really be connecting play together. So uh, it's another squad. Who's in goal for the Dutch? Who do they bring? Um, they brought Remco Pasveer, who's from Ajax. Andre Snopper from uh, Hirivian and uh, Justin Bijelo <laughs> from Feyenoord. So, oh yeah, Bijelo. So they've, uh, you know, it's it's an all Eredivisie cast, but 
she's good. I think they've got, I think I think they've got a good squad, so they could do something. But uh, any any final thoughts on the World Cup before we move to something a little more fun? Uh, U.S. does make it out of the group stage. Ooh. Okay, we'll leave it yeah. at that. We'll leave it at that. Carl, USL wrapped up another season. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at uh, Mike Pendleton tweeted out the final attendance for the season. And for the for the most part, part for every team, attendances were well up over 2021. A couple not quite where they were for 2019, which is kind of really the benchmark at this point post-COVID. Yeah, pandemic. But uh, uh, good year, I think, for them. And then, um, you know, we're finally going to be rid of every MLS two team besides Loudoun United because they have some weird contract situation with uh, Loudoun County on their stadium. But uh, we'll be rid of them next season. So that'll be a a bit of a change. But um, Louisville and San Antonio, some kind of USL classics, we'll say, made the final. Um, I, I watched this. I don't know if you got a chance to watch much of this, but I, I caught the highlights and Carl caught the highlights. All right. I caught the, I caught the highlights. I, I think I was working that night or something. Um, yeah. and I mean the, the level of play in the USL, like even in the last like three years that I've been like actually frequently watching has mm-hmm. increased so much. Like it, it's, it's crazy. Like that was mm-hmm. an exciting you know, a bunch of talented players on the field type type of game. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was, you know, it was explosive. Um, San Antonio kind of ran away with it if if you didn't get a chance to watch. Um, you know, and, and I think uh, as much as I'm like, man, you know, it's not fun to see that happen. Um, what I would have taken to see that when I went to see the Tampa Bay Rowdies play then the final against Orange County Um yeah, I would have. I would have much preferred to be in that scenario. But uh, another thing that should be said about the uh, the final was it being played in Toyota Stadium, which is kind of one of the. I guess we can say at this point one of the older soccer specific stadiums. Not really, yeah. but um, as far as USL yeah. goes, it's one of the older soccer specific stadiums, and it looked pretty good. It looked pretty good. It's obviously not as new and shiny as Lynn Family Stadium, um, where Louisville play, but. It's it looked good and especially on TV being on ESPN two, um, it's nice to have a good representation of what second division soccer is. Like I don't know how many people hopped on there who hadn't really watched any before but kind of stuck it out. I wonder what they were thinking, you know? Like, yeah. wait a second, you're telling me this isn't if granted they knew what the MLS was. They 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 said to themselves, Wait, this isn't the MLS? This is the USL. What and you explain that to them and they go, oh, this yeah. is second of it. And there's all those people there. Like, you know, maybe that's kind of cool. But um, so anyways, San Antonio ran away with it. 3-1. Yeah. We got a penalty that uh, was a little, I think, a little controversial as far as things go. Um, there was some general oh, shithousery. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw some uh, wild shit with players getting shoved into the walls and stuff. But uh it was it was a good game overall. I think a good representation for USL and a, a good good so. season for USL. I think you know we can kind of look back on Sacramento's run to the U.S. Open Cup final. Right. Um, we can talk about DC. I mean, not DC United. Uh, DC United. De- De- Detroit City coming into the league and getting a respectable seventh place finish, yeah. making the playoffs. Um, obviously, they didn't make it much further past the playoffs, but. Uh, I think they, they had a good showing, and it was, 
yeah. it was a good pickup for for USL. I think it goes to show that not only did Detroit make the right decision, but uh, USL made the right decision. I mean, another great year of attendance by Detroit. Um, yeah. I know some of their fans were definitely not super happy with the fact that they were in USL, and some still complain about um, not really knowing who the secret owner is that is keeping them within the provisions of PLS Division Two sanctioning. But um, otherwise, I think you know, as a as a Detroit City fan, not me personally. I mean, I like the club. Don't get me wrong. But um, I, I think if I was a Detroit City fan, I would say to myself, well, considering what Nisa went through this past year, um, maybe some of the negatives that come as a part of joining USL have evened out because, one, we're getting to play better competition. Two, we are getting better nationwide exposure as part of this league. Um, and three, you know, it's stable it's a stable yeah. league for a good home for them to play in. And uh, I think they deserve that as an organization for the work that their fans and the organization has put into it, the club. So I think yeah. I, we, we talked about it previously, probably at the beginning of the season, but this was a really pivotal year for, you know, lower league soccer divisions, um, not just the USL, but Nisa as well, um, which we'll get into probably later. But um the USL, it was a pivotal year. You know, you're coming out of the pandemic. It's going to be your first mm -hmm. full season really out of the pandemic. There's going to be a lot of eyes. You just expanded, um, you know, a new club. Like, you know, you expanded newer clubs in USL 1 and USL 2. Like, you are making sort of headway to grow the league. But here's the point, you know, here's sort of the moment where, you know, the league's actions as a whole can maybe see some sort of fruition, like, you know, kind of see the effects of them trying to grow it, either positive or negative. I think for them, very greatly, those effects were positive. I think the interest grew remarkably around the USL mm -hmm. this season. I really do. Um, yeah, it, I think, you know, you can also look to, I think this was, I think you have to be a little tuned in to really think this way. So I will say on the sort of general consciousness of the con consciousness of the soccer world here in the United States, right? There's a still a little room to go, but I think if you are, if you've, if you've kind of stuck your whole leg into the world of soccer here, and you know you're you're learning about lower league soccer, you know that this was a good year for USL transfers as well, yeah, um, and developing talent. Um, so from, I mean, from the beginning the, of the season until like the end of the season, it was a lot. Truly, of... truly, yeah. I think we're now at the point where um, you could say, well, there has been a seven-figure transfer allegedly with the transfer of uh, Haji Berry from uh, Colorado Switchbacks over to Egypt. Um, yeah. And he, I think Haji Berry is thirty. I want to say he's right around there. So that is, you know, that is, that's a level of trust in the league that he is playing against a a good enough competition uh, to warrant that transfer fee at his age. Because I mean, right. you know, there are leagues where you could say, all right, he's thirty two, he's putting in eighteen goals, twenty goals a season, but, but you know, thirty two. And also, it's like it's it. You could say, well, the you know the competition is not that good in that league, so that those eighteen goals don't mean as much. But clearly. You know, there are people out there now that value the USL at that 
Um, you know, but that wasn't the only transfer uh, that we had this year. I'm trying to find. Ooh. I'm trying to find from Louisville. Who's the kid from Louisville? Um, oh, and you had the kid from El Paso too to Salt Lake. Um, yes, uh, 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 Diego Luna. Yeah, Diego. Luna. And uh, the the one I was thinking of um, out of Orange County was uh, Kobe. Kobe, Kobe uh, Henry, uh, to yeah. stay at the Rams. So he's only 18 years old. Pretty, pretty big transfer. The fact that he yeah, uh, is Ligue going Ligue. to Ligue Yeah. Um, a top tier league. And yeah, I mean, between him, Diego Luna, I am forgetting one very important transfer as well. There was another one because uh, cool. Kobe Henry raised the bar in terms of, uh, transfer fees for the USL. Um, Hold on. We'll we'll track that down. But um, my my general point is that USL is continuing to prove itself worthy uh, of talent development, and I think that is sort of the way things could continue here as the quality of the league grows. Um, because MLS is getting to the point where they're not giving kids. At, at these really young ages, the chance to get out there as much. I mean, yeah. there are some clubs that are doing a good job of that. I think namely we'll say like, you know, Red Bull, Philadelphia, who are, are more leaning into the, the youth development side of things. But um, that leaves a lot of spots and a lot of kids that are working to, to get first time minutes, um, you know, potential to play in the USL. And as that continues, USL is also really making it easier for kids to get their playing time there and get sold on uh, yeah. and, you know, find where they really want to be, which is, you know, in general uh, at a bigger club in Europe with a chance to play in uh, champions league, potentially. The, the, the more the league grows, the more, you know, obviously they're going to be respected, right? Mm-hmm. People aren't going to look at it as some, you know, and it's remarkable to me because even regardless of the lack of pro rel or the lack of any sort of, commitment and partnership between the top tier league and the lower leagues here in the United States when it comes to soccer, like people, clubs are still taking notice. And I think that grows to show you the work the USL has put in, yeah. you know, for themselves to grow it themselves from, from the club level to, you know, the league as a whole level, like they've put in the work to advertise market themselves as a top tier league here in North mm-hmm. America. And I think it's much different than like your your local minor league baseball team because I think they've really driven home we're a local no pun intended organization yeah they're they're a local organization and you know that's what they're here to do build up the community uh, right. and in a lot of instances I think in I was talking about this actually with some Tampa Bay Rowdy supporters um, so just a little background Tampa Bay Rowdies recently purchased a uh, well I think the lease at a at a large training facility that will be solely theirs. Um, so my hope is that Tampa Bay Rowdies can start really integrating youth uh, into the team. A lot of teams have done that within the USL, and I think that's a very important part of um, kind of attaching yourself to the community. Not necessarily are they always local, but a lot of the times they are. And I yeah. think that is just so pivotal. I mean, if kid, if if uh, kids have played with this player uh, in in the local area or, you know, they're attached to like a local high school or something like that, that's going to bring a lot of people out because they're excited. They know that this is their hometown club and this is their hometown player who is a, a freaking star, you know? Right. Um, 
And then you got guys Jeez. like, you know, Joshua Winder right now who they're yep. talking about maybe being another seven figure uh a transfer and 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 that's, you know, I think I think it's we're starting to see more, you know, of our players developed here, not necessarily just players that we've brought to develop from other countries and then get sold on. Like uh, there's been a whole saga over the last year in MLS specifically on uh, Selena as well from uh, uh, Chicago, who, you know, could be another huge transfer, huge transfer. And I mean, if we're talking MLS and transfers, how amazing of a job have the Philadelphia Union done? Because mm-hmm. now Brendan Arison's younger brother, Paxton Arison, just got sold over to, was it, where in Germany? What the heck was that club? It wasn't Augsburg. It was, it was like an $8 million figure to... Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Frankfurt, yep. Yeah, yeah. No, they have a nice oh, kit. Oh, Eintracht season, Frankfurt, the, way, the, the, the Euro- Europa League defending yep. champions. Yep. The Europa League defending champions. Paxton I, I will say it. I'll say it again. Um, Their away kit this year is like right up my alley, and people will be like, really, right up your alley is like the most boring kit? Well, it's kind of like a nice, like, it's a nice kit to just kind of like wear around because it doesn't look too crazy you can wear a lot of things it's just one of those nike ones that's black and white oh, they, yeah. i will say i will Casual. say in 2016 uh they had an alfa romeo sponsorship that and it was they had an all black one with a collar it was Ooh. no it was black and white with a collar Ooh. oh it was so it was so nice but yes paxton aronson sexy. big transfer for him um there's a just a lot of youth talent here moving around and i'm i am a little worried i will say this i think we've had a lot of bus um bus recently moving to europe we haven't had we haven't good for you carl uh booty is fantastic um bootylicious def um but yeah like you know we had uh freaking like pulisic has been eh at chelsea i'm gonna say it he's been eh you know um mckinney has been all right aronson has been all right like i'm not there's been no superstars that have really turned out so far for the for the united states in recent years peppy's been okay at uh groningen but he he was very mediocre at augsburg he didn't get a lot of play time there's that 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 team wasn't set up for him like yeah if it was true if wolfsburg was looking at him if ix was looking like what the fuck are you doing going to Augs? Like, yeah. what are you doing? That team was fighting for relegation. That is a They're tough not move. an attacking team. Go to like, go to Belgium. Go to the Netherlands, where attacking is going to be think, more part of the game. Exactly. That is. Um, you don't go to Germany, where attacking just isn't like for a lot of these clubs. It just isn't in their formula. Well, um, especially playing for a team that's going to be fighting for its life just to defend against, uh, you know, getting scored on, but. Yeah, I mean the it's really been the journeyman guys like Haji Wright and uh, P Fuck who are um are are the are the stars recently in Europe and it's, Josh it's, Sargent. I Josh, mean, yeah, it's taken I, these guys years to get uh, where they are. Um, Haji Wright, I mean, <laughs> I remember when he played for the the Cosmos, and I was like, eh, maybe this kid will turn out to be something. But right. he's finally having a good season, and he was or he had a good season last year, and he's he's been rewarded um he's he's making his way to the united states men's national team which i think a lot of people thought maybe his it wasn't going to happen for him and and it is now so yeah the united states i think there's a there's a there's a clock on that people aren't going to keep paying crazy fees if players just are not proving themselves after moving from mls or or usl um but yeah so usl had a good year doing that 
a lot of expansion on the horizon as well uh we've Exciting. seen we've seen uh rhode island's new stadium start mm-hmm. to go under construction um and the renderings of that as well which which look wonderful there's a little bit of controversy there i'm not going to hop into it um we've got other teams that have announced oh and rhode island's crest actually i think looks decent i'll put that looks really good um we got lexington and knoxville which are set to start in 2023 so that'll be cool that's in league one though which it's desperately needed like league one needs to fill out more than it than it is right now we got santa barbara spokane they're on deck. Um, we know that Des Moines, New Orleans, and Milwaukee, as well as Jacksonville, um, which I will put that in there, and they didn't even include that in the USL's own article that I am currently reading from um, of new teams that are expanding. So I'll help USL with that one. Jacksonville is also another market to look forward to. I think particularly Jacksonville and New Orleans are the most They're exciting. two really nice markets. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, it, like you said, it's um you know usl one needs to fill out a bit more but the usl championship is doing an amazing job of covering sort of the the bigger sort of major but kind of medium-sized markets like they're not like new york cities or la's or chicago's but like they're filling those voids in those markets that you know are like hey why can't we have a team we're a big market like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they're just not big enough to mls standards i guess well yeah and unfortunately i think you know speaking of mls we'll put it out there that uh there are some markets that i think we have to be a little concerned that they may not be usl markets for much longer um las vegas and san diego specifically san diego is uh heavily rumored to be getting an mls team and same for las vegas so most would imagine that those clubs will cease to exist unless they're pulled into the fold I think San Diego is a little more likely that they get pulled into the fold with this uh, this MLS expansion bid. But, yeah, I, you know, it does suck Donovan to see that. And there's, coach? like, nothing that USL can do about it, which, you know, it's It's, it's very unfortunate. Like, the, the lack of, and I mean, we could talk about this until we, we die, but, like, yeah. the lack of cooperation between the two top-tier leagues. Like, I get sort of, you know, from a club standpoint, what your angle is which is to make money essentially um yeah but i feel like i don't know from from my perspective i see the angle is growing the game right right well not that was part of the like you know they brought all the two teams down there um in a way that was sort of just to kill nassel though because they wanted to build that connection with another competing league with nassel to kill off nassel and then once they succeeded in that, it was like, well, time to kill off USL, even though we helped them um, or they helped us. One who's, who's to say, I think actually um, I wouldn't have watched any MLS two teams if it was not for, for USL. USL. So I yeah. kind of give them more credit. I probably uh, provided won't watch any MLS next pro. Seriously. I haven't. Nothing. And I, I will probably continue not to. <laughs> There's just no real storyline. There's no interest for me there. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I will say this right now. There's nothing more exciting than watching like a Premier League game and seeing some 16, 17 year old come onto the pitch like for the first time. Yeah. And I feel like part of this, like it might like take away from that because more clubs yeah. are going to be like sort of 
um, attuned and more hesitant to bring up younger talent and give them a chance because right. they're like, we'll just stick them in the development league and see well, how they do. We, told, we talked about this, but it's like totally different when you're putting out a kid like that. You're getting them pro experience, but when you are not only getting them pro experience, but pro experience in, say, the USL where it's against a team of uh, seasoned professionals in front yeah. of six, yeah. 7,000 fans or more. Yeah. That's that's so much. Yeah, exactly. That's I think that's more to um, experience, more to learn, and, and more important for them to transition to the next level. And it's not just the games, right? It's the training. Yeah. It's like when you train with the, like, I mean, it, I, I hate this because I hate Ronaldo, but this young kid, um, is it Gamacho or something from Manchester United? This young Argent, Argentinian um, 17-year-old, it's he, um, is his biggest role model is Ronaldo. Yeah. And, like, every time he scores a goal, he's doing the Ronaldo celebrations, holding the jersey up and stuff. And, like, I can't imagine as a kid who's 17 years old, you're training alongside arguably mm-hmm. one of the top footballers of all time, like, statistically. But, like, he's your role model. Like, just imagine for a 16, 17-year-old kid coming to an MLS club and being like, oh, my God, like, I'm playing with, you know, um, you know, oh, my God. Um, Chicharito, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. for the LA Galaxy, like yeah, you just have this sort of like holy cow. Like I remember watching him when he played in Europe. You know when like I remember watching him when he played for the Mexican national team. Like these sort of things are so important for a younger player because you get that sort of guidance when you go to an MLS next pro team, like where you're playing with kids the same age, I'm not saying you're not going to develop well, but you're not going to develop sort of at the same pace or to the same sort of level that you would getting those, you know, first team training opportunities. Well, let's talk about that a little bit too. Um, You mentioned LA galaxy. Uh, Let's talk about the other club in LA, uh, LAFC. Yeah. who took home the MLS Cup in honestly one of the most dramatic ways. Oh, what a uh, game. What like, a, I, what a, I, had, I had my aunt and uncle were actually texting me because they turned it on and they were like, this is insane. So mm-hmm. shouts out to MLS for putting together a, show, a good man. final. And I mean, the, obviously kind of more credit to the players on the field for making it such a good game. Um, yeah. You know, I think one of the craziest details, I'm just going to skip right to it is the fact that uh, Gareth Bale with another goal in a final in the most spectacular of fashions in some in a minute that sounds in yeah it sounds crazy the 128th minute so I think they had what 10 minutes of stoppage time something like they that 10 minutes of, like it yeah. was an insane game because like what did you have like two two goals in stoppage time because uh yeah, there was the 120 plus 4 and 120 plus 8. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, leave it, leave it to Gareth Bale. He probably packed up his shit and went golfing after. But, like, mm-hmm. he, he – what a final. And, I mean, credit where credit's due. Like, we, we sit on this podcast. We harp on MLS because of obvious reasons, because of reasons, you know – you could call them biased reasons because of how we feel about lower league soccer, but you know, the facts are there when it comes to what MLS does to lower league soccer. Mm-hmm. But regardless of that, the growth of the MLS as well has been kind of crazy. Um, like I, I, I'm bringing up 
a recent point, you know, that just happened in the last few days. Argentina facing an injury, need to call up some sort of attacking mm-hmm. midfielder. They call up Thiago Almeida from Atlanta United. Yep. A kid, you know, 20, 21 years old, and, and I've, I've spoken about it many times on this podcast, what Atlanta United does when it comes to scouting young South American talent, which I've always said is sort of the direction I'd love to see more MLS clubs go. Um, you know, they have Thiago Almeida, they have Ezekiel Barco, um, but the fact they're they're having a kid called up to an international, you know, national squad from the MLS, I mean, that is a very prominent team that's gonna be challenged for for a World Cup title. It's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. And I will say, you know, something that I think, you know, we talk about all these big transfers, one of the most pivotal players in the MLS final was um kind of a feel-good story when it comes down to you know you got gareth bale scoring the final like in the uh the final minutes um but it actually came down to the incredible performance of john mccarthy uh in (laughs) in goal who uh is actually kind of a journeyman as far as united states soccer goes having played for reading united rochester rhinos philadelphia (laughs) union uh their two-team bethlehem steel the tampa bay rowdies Enter Miami, and then finally LAFC. Uh, just what a journey for him. Um, he stopped, I think, two uh, of the penalties because the game did, as you may have guessed, go to penalties after extra time, and and really put the game to bed. It was a it was a three zero in penalties win for LAFC um, on the back of of John McCarthy, and I think you know everyone was just so happy for him and what that kind of story meant as a whole so it was a insane game it's the epitome of what sort of you know professional soccer in the u.s has kind of become you get Mm -hmm. a lot of these journeymen and i mean it's it's been sort of a a process it's been sort of a sort of a thing you know going forward with you know how the league's developed that it it, is just so important important it's just so like these journeymen really grow the game in a way that just you 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 can't believe like it's you know and now you're starting to see the younger players you're starting to see sort of you know you still have those big transfers of older generational talent coming from europe but like you're starting to see more the growth of people noticing the mls people wanting to come to the mls they still see it as sort of kind of a stepping stone to get where they want in europe but that's still a big deal because, you know, that's that's young talent coming here, young, exciting talent coming here, you know, maybe for four or five years before they take the next step. But you get them for those four or five years where they're really showing out. They're really mm-hmm. balling on, you know, a, in a huge sports market in the U.S. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it was overall a good year for soccer here domestically. We're going to close it out here this month. <laughs> to see if it was it's a good year for the international team as well um you know i think we're curious to see what this group of guys can really do especially after missing out on the last world cup we're not sure if uh if, if they can put it together and win it's a young squad it's a it's a young squad and i think for the squad. first time in they a while experience. we they really experience. feel we really feel young i think for years yeah. For a couple World Cups in a row, it felt like we were we were using the same guys. They were just aging out, and now we've really got the youth squad in there. We'll say, um, 
I don't know, man. I, I'm excited. I think a lot of people were a little skeptical of some pickups, like uh, Haji Wright I was talking about earlier. A lot of people are like, yeah, okay, good pick. Other people are like, Haji Wright, why would you do that? Right. Um, you know, it's going to be up to Pulisic to obviously – really play out of his mind um yeah. musa uh we're I, tyler adams is gonna be huge tyler adams has got to be mm-hmm. huge um you know we, they didn't pick up peppy so a lot of people were a little disappointed with that uh where did yeah. the goals come from that's tim, my biggest tim, question tim Weah, i think it's gonna be if tim way does not perform i'm gonna be a little like all right do we do we keep bringing him in because i don't think he's performing yeah at a high enough level if if he doesn't perform this world cup no um, um yeah i just don't see where the goals come from that, that's unfortunate and that's sort yeah. of why i said like i don't think they make it out of the group stage and this kind of circling back but like i just don't see where the goals come from man i really don't um pulisic outside of scoring penalties hasn't really didn't really score for us a lot mm-hmm. in the you know qualifying um our you know jesus fedea I, I like him. I think he's a good talent. I don't think he's up to this standard yeah, of a talent. I think he's good. Score don't get me wrong. Like he's, he's done a lot yeah. for uh, FC Dallas, but I, that's the thing. That's what I think that's exactly the point I was just trying to make is that this is a World Cup that is really giving United States youth players a chance. And we'll kind of find out who is who's there for – who can really yeah. take it to the next level on the world stage and, and who yeah. can't, I know that's a generic way of saying things, but it's true. We've got a lot of guys that have, you know, their perfect time to prove what they can do. We had guys like Landon Donovan and uh, Clint Dempsey who for years were just undisputed parts. Well, until there was that one thing that happened right. with Landon Donovan, uh, undisputed parts of, of the world cup teams. And I don't think we really quite have that right now. There's a lot of competition um, and depending on who's in the right form, you know, they'll get selected. And it's like, you know, Clint Dempsey, I could feel, right. I feel like could have a down year, but would still get picked because he had Clint done that Dempsey. much for the team. Yeah. And, um, you know, Pulisic we'll is kind of that guy right now, but we'll see, we'll see who, who is after this world cup. I think, I think we'll, we'll see some of those guys start to creep into the squad that for the last four or so years, we, we haven't really felt. Not I, there's probably gonna be some people that agree with me that there's been a lot of consistency consistency in picks, but I kind of think we always weren't sure what the squad was gonna be for important tournaments in the ways that we used to. No. Is that naive of me? Maybe, but um, and, and it's it, it's important because obviously next round we automatically qualify, right? Right. So there's right. not gonna be a lot of you know, um, as they say, pressure makes diamonds. There's not gonna mm-hmm. be a lot of pressure on these players next next cycle because. You know, yeah, you're maybe playing for a spot, but you're not playing for like the spot. Like you're not going to see players digging deep and trying to kind of get to that next level or find that next level in order for the team to qualify. Because obviously in the back of your mind, you know, you're already qualified. You you score two goals for for Team USA this go around that almost, in Mm, my opinion, if you're if you're young and you still play well within the next four years, some international teams, that's. You're shooing, yeah. You don't even have You're to play shooing. that well in the next. I mean, you know, and as much as we hate Berhalter, if Berhalter, even if they don't make it out of the group stage, if they win one game, he's probably still the coach in 2026 for us. I know a lot of people uh, hate yeah. hate to think about yeah, that, and right. I know I'm one of them. But it, it, if they make, even if they if they make the knockout and get blown in the knockout, he's still the coach in 2026. Like because there there's 
you know, nothing for him to lose in the next cycle. Like there, there there's no pressure. Yeah. There, yeah. There's well, Gold Cup, Gold Cup, yeah. And yeah. I mean, nation or is it nations? What's the nations other one we have like, now? Have nations league, something like that. Something because yeah, know. that I think you know he's got to just prove that he can beat Canada and Mexico, yeah, on a fairly consistent uh, rate. And I think well, you know, Costa Rica too. We'll put Costa Rica up there. Yeah. Um. Uh. Canada's good now, and that is such a better barometer of where the United States is at than we've ever really had. We've now got two solid, solid, solid opponents to play, um, yep. you know, and depending on, it really only takes like a couple players for the, for the central American teams to have a good golden generation, um, right. and put up a good challenge against the United States and the other CONCACAF teams. So, um, yeah. we'll be looking for that too, but yeah, uh, it's, I'm it's, excited. It's, it's an exciting time, man. You know, obviously any, any world cup. And I know we started this by saying kind of the, the negatives of the world mm-hmm. cup, it's still the world's game. We're, we're, we're all still fans yeah. of the game, regardless of kind of what's going on in the background. And it's very unfortunate what's going on in the background. Um, I will say, um, speaking of the background, I'll, I'll say that this will be my last piece on the World Cup and my last um, little bit of criticism. But uh, I think I sent you a tweet today that I absolutely loved. It came from Alex Morgan, who, oh, I, you yeah. know, I think we've seen a lot of people who are yeah, you know, coming out against the World Cup, who are maybe you know people like us, smaller people. So it's really nice to see Alex Morgan, um, probably one of the most recognizable names and faces of United States soccer, men's or women's. Um, there was a tweet from Fox Soccer that said Belgium's hotel in Qatar for the FIFA World Cup is a dream, and then like starry-eyed face, Alex Morgan immediately under, are these paid advertisements? Question mark. Like, I just love it. Like, that yeah. she's clearly not having it. Like, you should not constantly be promoting this, you know, and what's, what's going on in guitar. Like, Sky Sports did a whole thing uh, criticizing Infantino and what he said, what Carl had uh, talked about earlier. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a very contentious World Cup. Uh, I'm going to watch the Team USA games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel a little shame about that, for sure. But I'm not going to say Might watch the final, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna stay up to date with it. Um, because obviously, you know, sort of at the end of the day, these players are out there playing for you know their country. They're playing for like it's 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 unfortunate to think that you know a lot of these players, coaches, you know, mm-hmm. even fans, like you know, they they had nothing to do with where this World Cup is being in. And yeah. I think you know, I I really do hope that FIFA can take a long look in the mirror about they won't. all they, they won't. won't i'm sorry they, they, won't. They, they won't but like i'm trying to be a little optimistic yeah. um about it um because i well i'll be optimistic about what I, i've got a uh i found for a reasonable price mm-hmm. a 1994 Promo. usa world cup jacket windbreaker and i am very excited to be wearing it, it looks um, nice. i will be in portland they are doing a world cup showing in monument square so right downtown and they will have beer vendors food so if you're in maine go check that out it's gonna be sick i will be there wearing this bad boy so you'll probably be able to see me yeah if you have for cameron in that throw a beer at him for me please yep usa england 230 i think friday so it's gonna be cold as fuck carl and i are uh also gamers so we're gonna go game gamers we're Um, gonna go game you guys can hang out here if you want but we're gonna go game so we're (laughs) gonna be 
gaming somewhere else and you guys are going to be listening <laughs> you, to nothing. You, you guys aren't going to be we're just going to i mean i have the outro music playing for the next yeah. hour so if you we'll, want to continue we'll put to that on for you on repeat it'll be yeah. on loop yep definitely or just maybe some like nice forest sounds or something to lull <laughs> yeah. you to sleep That's not um, gonna but get we're not going to be here right? for that we're going to be gaming <laughs> you're gonna be listening to the little baby sounds the, that the put force. you to sleep the force um yeah. guys we're gonna try to be more consistent of course we say that and you haven't heard or yeah seen of us for i am a moving and i will not be um gone every weekend either visiting my girlfriend or visiting my girlfriend and looking at apartments which either way takes me to uh tampa so i will be there and i will have every weekend i'll have at least an hour to record probably so nice. we should be a little more consistent nice. and um carl will make sure that I'm he is ready alcoholic. to talk soccer and yeah. maybe a little drunk so he has some even more hot takes but uh yeah we'll we'll see you guys later we hope to see you soon catch us on twitter while it still exists yeah I, we'll, we, we'll see what happens we, with that we got an instagram maybe too. maybe we'll Please make a touchline takes uh discord for people to hang out in what about mastodon we're, we're gonna create a touchline takes mastodon yeah well we'll do something something all right we'll guys on, we'll get on rumble with uh with, with rumble? we'll be we'll be the hard most Stop. hardcore liberals on on Stop. rumble <laughs> oh guys it's been real enjoy the world cup if you're watching it if not we don't blame you um we'll we'll be back talking maybe some premier league maybe some european soccer some off-season lower league soccer in the u.s maybe get into Hell some yeah. nisa um nisa could take a whole podcast oh god yeah we, we actually um, we'll, we'll do another episode that's specifically on just the, the state of the state of the state of nisa the state of nisa that's state like of the our, but, that's nisa. our state of the union address yeah. and it's gonna last for hours i believe yeah. me um but this has been another episode of touchline takes guys please be nice to each other hmm. see you see you